The injuries today, Mo Hurst, calf won't practice, Trenton Cannon, concussion won't practice, um, Greenlaw, groin won't practice, Debo, groin won't practice, Elijah Mitchell, um, concussion slash knee won't practice, Emmanuel, ankle won't practice, um, Jeff Wilson, knee limited, Alex Mack and Trent won't practice, but not injury related. Go ahead. Warner's full go. Yeah, Warner's full, full go, um, Marcel's full go. Elijah, Elijah Mitchell knee. Uh, what's the extent of that? Um, I think they're calling it knee irritation right now. We didn't have the imaging back when I talked to you guys last, but some stuff that makes them day to day. Evo, do you expect him to be able to practice this week, or is it still? Um, I'm hoping he'll practice tomorrow. Yeah. Um, hoping tomorrow too. I think it's a real good defense. Uh, they've done a real good job stopping the run this year. They do a lot schematically that keeps teams off base with their fronts and coverages, and um, their 11 guys play very hard too. They're leading tackler, so how does that maybe change things up for them? Um, I mean, he's a good player and stuff. I don't think it'll change much up, though. I don't think they're going to reinvent the wheel over it and probably expect the guy who comes in to make those tackles too. Weeks ago, when Emmanuel Mosley left in the in the Jaguars game, Ambry Thomas came in for him immediately, and then this time, it, obviously, it was Diamador who came in. What what goes into that? I mean, is it how those guys practice, look during during the week that kind of determines the hierarchy there? Yeah, they're all right there. They're all real close on about the same level. So, um, and we obviously haven't thought they're there to just throw them the starting position yet. So we're trying to get one of those guys to separate himself. Um, Ambry's special teams on, on Sunday. Does that sort of, um, you know, suggest that he's he's more confident, that he's stronger? I mean, is that what you're kind of seeing when you see a guy kind of zoom in like that and make all those tackles? Um, yeah, it shows you're more ready to get out on the field to me. Um, you know, a lot of guys. You know, it's tough if you don't look ready on special teams. It's tough to think that you're ready on offense or defense, too. Um, I think that's a spot that he did struggle in um, in preseason, um, which made it tougher for him to address. Because um, if you aren't one of those starting guys, that's usually what makes our decision, who gives us the best chance on special teams. Um, I think he's come very far in special teams, and I think it showed the most last week with his three tackles. And um, that's how he's been looking at defense, too, in practice. Is that a, just sort of a physical strength? Difference between him and in August and, and him and right now? No, just speed of the game, getting used to doing that stuff. I don't know how many times he's ran down on special teams, but I mean, all that's it's great to get stronger and stuff, but just improving your bench press and squats over a three month period is not going to help you run down there and hit a guy. That's just about form and not hesitating and trying to go through guys. Did you sign a running back from the tryouts yesterday? Uh, yes, we signed uh, Hill. Brian, I believe, is his first name. Can get ready to go Sunday. Could that happen? Yeah, I think that was our main factor in it. He's played um, in this league before, and he's been on some similar offenses, so we feel he'd be the fastest to get ready. Warner is hasty right now, just in terms of you know, he's dealt with a lot of health things, and you know maybe that's limited his progress. Like, where, where do you evaluate him? Um, I, mean, I think Hasty came real far. I mean, I think he got a lot better this year to where he was at last year. I thought he had a hell of a training camp. Um, so when Raheem went down, he kind of slid his, himself as our third down back. And then he got a, I believe it was a high ankle sprain versus Philly, which set him back. 
um, about a month, came back in and was starting to ease in there and do some pretty good things and then got another one, um, which has put him out the last month. So uh, last week was his first practice back and I thought he did a good job and hopefully he'll continue to get healthier and not have any setbacks. Just for clarification, Mitchell had an MRI and it, it came back? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Major damage, irritation. Yeah, just irritation. Yeah. No, you said you didn't think about putting Trey Lance in for that that play that went weird. That was supposed to be his own read. Did you get any pushback at the start of the year when you used Trey on on that touchdown play on the first drive? Did, did players have any sort of weirdness about you know taking Jimmy out in a successful drive? No. Is, is that been a consideration at all? Just the weirdness and, and the feel of, of taking Jimmy out. No, I don't think players really notice or think it's weird at all. So I don't think that's a big deal at all. Just people do that. People put in wildcats. People put in a second quarterback. I mean, when you have guys who have a different skill set, I'd say you'd see it on about 20 out of the 32 teams. People use guys in those situations. So I think players are pretty used to it. How did Dante Johnson do? I thought he did a real good job. He came in, didn't hesitate. He gets reps at safety, gets reps at corner, doesn't get enough at corner, and uh, he was ready for the moment and went in and played like a pro. And then you probably evaluated T. Higgins when he was coming out in the, in the draft. What about those that, that wide receiving core? They seem to, the top three guys seem to be pretty prolific. Where, where does this, this group rank, you know? In, in uh, as good as anyone. I mean, I think Boyd has been one of the more underrated receivers in this league over the last five years. Um, they just got a, looks like a pretty generational talent in, in Chase this year, and um, Higgins was one of the best receivers in the draft last year. So that's uh, three guys, a good quarterback, good tight end, a good running back. Final, Eric Armstead, team nominee for Walter Payton Man of the Year again. What can you say about the kind of guy he is and the work he does off the field? Uh, it seems like Eric does a ton. I may mean, hear about it. I've seen him talk to our team about stuff. Uh, I think he's very passionate in what he does. You know, I know he goes back to Sacramento, helps a lot where he's from, and I think he's well-deserving of that award. Much of a uh, help is the, the 2019 game preparing for them. Obviously, a lot of new talent, including a quarterback and, and wide receiver. Is it still the basic same principles on both sides of the ball? Uh, yeah, they haven't changed coordinators or you know their philosophy. Schematically, it's very similar. Some similar players and some different players. So um, there's some carryovers, but stuff always changing. Uh, uh, DJ Jones, I think. Whenever he's been on the field in his career, he's been pretty good. He's obviously able to stay on the field. And it seems like he's, he's better than ever. Is that accurate? And if so, how do you think he's made that jump? Uh, I think DJ played one of his best games versus Seattle. Um, I think DJ has always played at a pretty high level. You know, I think he's um, stayed healthy this year. Um, you know, every you know he's he's gotten hurt and uh, finished the year in IR back to 19. I mean, he was one of our biggest losses there. I think we lost him to New Orleans week for the year. Um, and I know we lost him last year, but when DJ's out there, he he's pretty much always the same guy. Armstead, do you think a, a better player inside than at end, or is he just doing what you need him to do? Um, I think it depends on the type of play, the type of things you're doing. Um, I, you know, offensively, just me going against him, I think he's more of a problem inside. Um, just harder to avoid those guys and harder to game plan. But I know the problems he causes when he's on the outside too. I think that's one of the neat things about him that um, you can put him or you think helps schematically versus what you're going against, and he can be a problem both places. Dealing with a series of injuries, how you mentioned this a bit on Monday, how tangibly does that affect uh, the coverage units on, on special teams when you have to plug and play You know, a guy that you just picked up off the street? Uh, um, that on, on, on Sunday? 
Um, uh, it, I mean, just in general, that's one of the biggest things with injuries, you know, not just for us, for the whole league, but um, the more guys that go down, I mean, that hurts you in obvious spots that everyone gets to see, but special teams usually carries most of that because um, you just, you play with guys sometimes that, um, that definitely aren't ready to be out there because you got to put them out there so fast and they haven't been trained. And usually if um, they're available at that time, um, they're not totally ready to go out there either. What's Nick Bosa's temperament been like throughout this season? He seemed to get a sack or two a game and kind of just cruising through, but do you see any highs and lows? I don't, I don't think Bosa changes. I mean, you guys see the way he talks. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty chill guy. You know, he's he's I think he thinks a lot. I think he's very intelligent, and, but he doesn't just talk to talk. And he's not a big rah rah guy. He doesn't. He loves football. He does everything he can to be prepared for those three and a half hours on Sunday, and he does that all year around. And when he gets to Sunday, he gives it everything he's got. For all the world, that the the hit that led to Lagan Mitchell's head injury was was a was a cheap shot, a, a dirty hit. Wondering what you saw on that play, and if you agree with me, what what you guys can do, and you work the league, uh, you know, just trust that they're going to see it too. Uh, how, how does the team respond when? I mean, we turn everything in that in a written report, and you send it to them with the clips, and you get a, a written report back, and um, they say whether they missed it or not, and that's about it. Um, but I also, <clears throat> I mean, dirty and stuff to me usually intends that someone had intent to hurt someone on it. So that's why I don't really call it that way. I think it's third and one, and every inch matters. And guys are going hard, and a guy came around from the side, and Elijah was in a vulnerable position, and the guy hit him in a tough spot. Um, that's why I want to say that's dirty on the guy, because I don't think he's trying to do that. He's just trying to do everything he can to stop the guy. Um, and yeah, you wish that stuff could get seen, and you wish it could get called. Um, I also know how fast it is to see things in the heat of battle, too, um, for everybody. Elijah, you know, Sunday. Is there anything that Jimmy could have done differently, or was that a play with the protection broke down? No, that was that was just too bad of protection right there. Earlier in the year, you talked about what, one of the things you liked about a potential two quarterback system was that it would make the upcoming opponent have to prepare for both right. quarterbacks. Is it just one of those things where, like, you found that the negatives outweigh that positive? Um, yeah, and also I still continue like everybody preparing for a quarterback that we might use in situational stuff, um, but. 
I also know when you put a guy in in situations, they're preparing for what they expect, and sometimes you want to get the unexpected. Because um, we don't want him for that play. It has, I mean, it's schematic stuff, but it has to do with what we think people are best at. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. How you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Go ahead, guys. Let's just start off with the, the first or the second special teams play of the game. What, what happened on that play on the fake pot? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'll talk about the first play first because the first play was it was it was scary play. Um, and we all were in that situation. And I just know Trent has – he means a lot to our team. He means a lot to our special teams unit. Uh, he means a lot to this whole organization. And to see him uh, go down right there, it was scary. Um, but I just – I don't feel right. And not talking about that play first. And then – but the second play, we can dive right into that. The second play, uh, we had a call on, and it's totally, it's totally on me. The players couldn't have done anything in that situation at all. We had a call on where we were trying to set up the offense in good field position there, and they had the perfect play on. They got us. And, I mean, bottom line, they got us. They had the perfect play on. So that's what, that's what happened on that play. Do you think you guys have shown that look before and that was kind of an automatic thing for – No, it's not, a, it's not an automatic deal at all, and it's a risky deal too. And, uh, and they got us on that play. That's the, that's the bottom line, you know? Has Seattle ever done that play before, to your knowledge? Have you, have you ever seen it on tape? Uh, the, the thing about that play is everybody does it. Yeah, everybody's done it before. So, I mean, it's not like people don't do it. Like, people do it, and we were in a situation where if they did it right there, it was going to be the perfect play, and they got us. Richard, I mean, you look at that and watching it over, it looked like you guys had just no chance to defend it with the, the two guys out on the gunner. Mm -hmm. And Jamichael, I think, was the end. And, and you had a six-man line kind of bunched together. So I mean, you have to weigh into that, just how vulnerable that that makes you guys for that play. Yeah, and yet, yeah, no doubt. And that's a fair question, man. It really is. But you also have to weigh in the risk and reward on that play. And they took a huge risk, and they got a huge reward. And most people don't do that at times in that situation. But could I have had him in a different call? Definitely. And that's totally on me. It's not on the players at all. And I've told them that, and they know that. And uh, what we're going to do is we're not going to dwell on it. It's just like when we win games or when we have great plays, like when we had to play with DJ and he stopped the fake. We got to move on. Like we can't beat our chest and say it's great, and we can't dwell on that play and not get ready for Cincy. So we, they got us. We got to move on. And that's part of it. Like, you go into every game thinking you have a great game plan. You know, you really do. And what you work on in practice, uh, what you work on in meetings, countless hours of practice on the field, countless hours of preparation. And when things don't work out, they're frustrating. And when they do work out, they're extremely rewarding. But whether we win or lose, have a good play, bad play, still got to move on. And that's what, that's what I'm telling the guys. And the competitive fire that drives us is the fire to, for us to want to be a part of something special and stop a play like that. So that's, that's where we are on, on that one, guys. And those are all fair questions. Go ahead. You got another one? Yeah. 
to have those two things that you've had to refer to, the play of Trent, and then that other thing, happened, the punt return, happened so quickly. Sure. Um, that's two gut punches. How did you think they responded the rest of the way? Yeah, I thought, I think in this league, and I've been coached 16 years, you know, even more than that if you count other years, but that happens every Sunday. So you got to be able to respond in terms of if you get punched or not punched. The Trent Cannon play doesn't happen every that's, – that's that doesn't happen all the time. It's not what I'm saying. But it's going to happen. So we're all professionals, and we have to move on. And they responded decently for a bit, and we all did, but then we had another negative play in the ball game. So we can't have those plays happen and expect to win. And I know that, and I got to get better as a coach. And all those guys in the locker room are telling me, hey, we got to play better. And I'm telling them, no, I got to coach better. And that's what kind of family we have. That's what kind of team we have. So I just got to be better as a coach. And they got us on that play. And then they got us on a kickoff play where they, where they punched the ball out on kickoff, their kickoff coverage, our kickoff return. And it's, it's frustrating. Trust me, it is. But we got to move on. We got to move on and we got to go to, we got to, go to the Bengals. Returners have to hold the ball and the, the arm that's closest to the boundary, correct? Depends. I mean, you would like them to do that. You would like the returners to hold the ball and their arm closest to the sideline, but all returners don't do that. But he's a too, so it's not that something he knows too. Sure, it's Travis. He hasn't, he hasn't been in that position in a while. Is that no, I mean, we coach ball secure. Travis practices on that all the time. And this is an organization I've been with that we talk about ball security more than any other organization that I've ever been with. Um, every day, every week, we have time allotted for it. And Travis has been in this league a long time. Travis knows he needs to hold on to the ball. But again, I got to coach him better. I got to get the ball in his other arm. And even if the ball's in his other arm, he still got to hold on to it. And the thing you have to know on kickoff return when you're a kickoff returner is when the traffic comes, you need to put the offhand on the ball. We got seven points of pressure that we talk about, that Bobby T talks about. We got all kind of dialogue and dissertation on how to carry a ball, how to do a ball, and we didn't do it in that situation. And that's on me. And we got we to gotta, we gotta hold on to the ball. Eight losses, you know they're liable to try something like a fake punt because they're desperate. I mean, was it just one of those situations where you weren't expecting to do it backed up like that? Anytime. We've played desperate teams in the past, especially when we were rolling on our Super Bowl run. We've played desperate teams all the time. So it's not it's, – they had the perfect play in that situation, and we've played a ton of desperate teams that didn't do it. But they got us, and they got us. So. You, you know, against the Vikings, they had the kickoff return touchdown. Yeah. And, and, you know, Seattle was wonderful. Sure. You mentioned 16 years in the league. Is this the most kind of personal adversity you felt like you faced? Yeah, well, it's football. Like, uh, to me, football is personal adversity, and it builds character. And that's what I like about our locker room and our guys because we got the right type of character guys. And I, what we're going to do is we're going to go back to work like we always done, just like we do after a win or a loss. And I need to coach better. And obviously they feel like they need to play better. We've had two weeks that are not up to our standard in a row. And we can't have that happen if we want to go where we want to go. And we know it's not up to our standard. And I believe that we'll get back to our standard. Yeah, so – I mean, they know. I've told them. We played three bad games this year, two Seattle games and a Minnesota game. Every other game, I have to give those guys credit because they went out there and they did what they were supposed to do, and they did a hell of a job. 
in those other three games when we didn't play well, that falls on me. And I got to get them better. Kyle's talked about uh, Ambry Thomas is having his mm -hmm. best game on special teams. What did he do so well? Ambry did. He just, he just is developing more confidence, and he's playing faster, and he's starting to learn how to read returns more, and he's just developing uh, – more of a mindset of what it takes to play special teams. And he had three tackles in the ball game. We put something in for him that allowed him to uh, go and use his talents uh, the way he, he knows how to use them. And he felt confident. He was excited about it. He was in my office yesterday again, geeked up, what's the plan this week? So these guys are ready to go. They're ready to respond. Uh, and that's what life is. Life is challenges. And what I tell them is, we got to respond, man. That's what we have to do. And, and Ambry had some adversity early on. He did. He didn't get a chance to dress and do some of those things. But I couldn't be more proud of the way he's responded. But that's what our special teams room's about. Trent Cannon had some adversity in the beginning. You guys remember that. You guys were all over. We were all over Trent Cannon. I was as a coach. You guys were. Everybody was. And he responded and played at a pro, almost Pro Bowl level. Mitch had some some things that he wanted to get better at this offseason. He's gotten so much better in punting and responding to adversity. That's what I want to do. I want to build guys up, build their character, make them respond to adversity, teach them fundamentals, technique, and help the football team while doing it. And I can't wait to go to practice. These guys can't wait to go to practice. We can't wait to get back out there, all right, and respond to the challenge that's ahead of us because that's football, and that's what we do. That's what we do as coaches. That's what we do for a living. So I love it. I mean, I don't, I don't blink in adversity. It's, it's time to respond now, and the, and the guys know it. Anything specific that you want to fix on uh, kick coverage after they had a couple big returns in, in Seattle? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot, of, a lot of things in that area we need to get better on, uh, and we're working to get better on that uh, in those areas. The guys are working on getting off blocks. I'm working on my calls, what I'm calling for them to get out blocks and to set them up in different positions. And then they, they're working on tackling. And we're going to work on it again today. We've designed a, a, some drill work today, cut out just for kickoff coverage. We're always going to do what we always do, but we want to do something uh, a little bit different that we do in training camp uh, today to work on our tackling and work on getting off blocks. And these guys are going to work their tail off. I don't have any 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 qualms about how hard they're going to work and try to get back after it. And they're going to play with relentless effort, and they're going to go out there and try to put something on tape that we can be proud of. I'm not going to excuse it for you since mm -hmm. this happens all the time in the NFL, but was Sunday uniquely challenging just because Sherfield didn't play on special teams? Uh, Cannon obviously got hurt. Marcel wasn't there. Flanagan Fowles was mostly defense. I, I mean, just obviously there's a trickle-down effect. Was that uniquely challenging or just kind of in just another week? I mean, sure. But you know me. I'm not going to make excuses. Like, it happens all across the league, all the time. And it's my job to, whether it's uniquely challenging or, or just another day, I, we got to go out there and we got to play and make plays. And I got to get them ready in the right situation to go out there and make those plays. My, my, my dad... Obviously, God rest his soul. My dad doesn't allow me to make. He doesn't allow me to make excuses. So to me, like, it doesn't matter what players are on the field. We got to get them ready to go because the team needs us to get them ready to go. And that's our focus against Cincy is to get them ready to go. 
So, I mean, that's just, that's just where I am. It's a, it is challenging, but it's no, no excuse. No excuse. I don't care when they got here. I don't care if they just got here. I don't care if they've been here. No excuses. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. What you got? Yeah, no, just uh, yeah. what, what kind of uh, challenges do you face this week in Cincinnati? What's, what's kind of the hallmark of their special teams? Well, Cincinnati, I'm glad you asked. They've been outstanding on special teams for years with Darren. Uh, he's been there 19 years as a coach. He's a phenomenal coach. Uh, he uh, knows punters and kickers and special teams just as well as anybody, you know. Uh, they've got a good returner in Darius Phillips. He's a good player. He's a 4-3 player. They've got a really good uh, core. Got a former pro bowler over there, uh, Michael Thomas, who I actually know personally, but he's a he's a good player. He's actually from the same area of Houston I'm from, and he uh, he's a really good player for them. They picked him up, and he's a challenge. we got to make sure we get him uh, taken care of. And uh, they got some really good players. 17, Stanley Morgan's a good player. Um, so they play sound. They play relentless. Uh, they get after it. I mean, they've been good for years. And uh, it's going to be a huge challenge for us, but we're excited for the challenge. We can't wait to play these guys. I'm just telling you. So it'll be, it'll be fun this week. Guys good? All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it.